0: Local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now.
1: Welcome to the News Drive at 5 for this Friday, January 12th. 2024, 5.06 p.m. on the East Coast side of the country. Thank you all for joining us. You just listened to Health Talk with Fred Lowry, longtime partner and supporter with WSIC Radio. Always good to hear his thoughts as we uh, have a very good health block every Friday afternoon here at WSIC as The L Show with Dr. Nicole Eastman airs at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So you've got two hours of some pretty good health talk right here on WSIC. SIC, not only to keep you informed, but to keep you well as well. We've got your news for today coming right up. We will also be joined by our special guest, Senator Vicki Sawyer, a little bit later in the show. Right now, our top five at five, an Iredell County board candidate complains his signs are being targeted and removed. A Davidson man faces felony charges. We'll have the latest on the North Lake Mall property, the 32nd Judicial District as a new chief public defender, and a Mooresville company unveils a new unit to remove chemicals from water. All this and more coming up on today's News Drive at 5, including... As you know, our ticket giveaway to these two home shows in January and February in Concord and Charlotte we will be giving those tickets away in our final block here after 5.45 p.m. Eastern Time. We will open up the phone lines. We'll clear the phone lines during that commercial and open them up to you. And a caller, as yesterday, Sarah from Statesville called in, got four tickets to these two home shows. What am I talking about? Let me tell you. The Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show will be January 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. And the other show, the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the park expo and conference center in charlotte we will have a pair of tickets to each show four tickets total that we will be giving away later on the news drive at five if you miss your chance tonight with us don't worry there's four more tickets going up for grabs on the scoreboard with joe berg following us here at five o'clock And each day, each weekday, right here on WSIC News Talk, we are giving away four tickets per show on one, Good Morning LKN, two, Home Ad, three, the News Drive at five, and four, the scoreboard. So there will be plenty of shows, plenty of opportunity for you to win tickets if you miss today. And it's not your lucky day. Please call back in and keep tuning in, and we'll hook you up with tickets to these home shows after 5.45 p.m. Eastern Time here on the News Drive at 5. We begin with a story coming out of Troutman. Richard Coleman is running for a seat at the Iredell County Board of Commissioners, campaigning against, against six other Republicans in the upcoming March 6th primary election. Is challenging enough, he thinks. Coleman said he doesn't believe he should have to deal with the talent of Troutman employee removing his campaign signs from private property and discarding them. Security video obtained by the candidate shows Shane Harris, the town's code enforcement officer, taking Coleman's campaign signs from outside of a gas station on Highway 21. When Coleman questioned Harris about his actions, the code enforcement officer told them that it was not the only time this had been done so. Coleman said a total of 67 of his signs were removed on four different dates from two locations in Troutman. Under North Carolina law, it is a class three misdemeanor for a person to, quote, steal, deface, vandalize or unlawfully remove a political sign that is lawfully placed. Coleman fired a report with the Troutman Police Department about the theft of his signs earlier this month. But he told the officer that he did not want to press charges. The Troutman Police Department officer who took the report consulted with the district attorney's office about the case. Based on Coleman's request and the guidance from the DA's office, the case was closed and classified as prosecution declined. Coleman said he decided not to prosecute because he didn't think the town employee was doing it on his own. Coleman said he believes town manager Ron Wyatt knew the signs were being removed by a town employee or employees throughout the month of December and did nothing to prevent it. Each time after learning the signs were missing, Coleman said he contacted Wyatt to express his frustration about the signs being stolen. Each time he said Wyatt assured him town employees were not involved. Wyatt, who is a former chairman of the Iredell County Republican Party's executive committee, denied that he or Harris had targeted Coleman. Wyatt said in a statement, removing illegal signs that have been trashing our community are one of the assigned duties of the town's code enforcement officer. The code enforcement officer picked Richard Coleman's political signs up as they were in the state right of way. The code enforcement officer failed to realize they were still on private property. The town manager explained that many candidates and campaign volunteers often assume they can place campaign signs in the state's right of way anytime. State law allows that practice only during the 30 days prior to an election. Wyatt said they are illegal. illegally doing so most of the time. The employees thought they were performing his duties appropriately until the error was discovered. Harris, the code enforcement officer, said he apologized when Coleman confronted him about the signs. Harris added, I felt very threatened and told Mr. Coleman he was being kind of a butt. Coleman said, isn't convinced the removal of the signs was an innocent mistake." He said, "I can believe a mistake was made. It's hard to believe it was made four times consistently.) Coleman also cited the fact that the code enforcement officer did not remove the non-campaign signs that were placed alongside his campaign signs as evidence that he was intentionally targeted by the town. The candidate also finds it convenient that Wyatt located signs located some of the missing signs on town property about an hour after a business owner told Wyatt that signs that signs taken from the business owner's property were air tagged and that his security cameras had been repositioned to capture the thefts. Coleman also believes that the town of Troutman has an obligation to inform Ken it's if a town employee removes their signs. Wyatt said that is not the town's policy. He explained, as a practice, the code enforcement officer has not been calling any sign ordinance violators. Otherwise, that would consume an appreciable amount of time daily, telling the dozens of different violators Coleman does not get any special treatment. Wyatt said the town of Troutman is willing to reimburse Coleman for the cost of up to a dozen signs that were improperly removed and discarded. The town manager said the entire incident was a mistake and has been blown out of proportion. Wyatt said there are opportunities for all people, those who are error-free and those who have made lots of errors, some serious, to show their true integrity and intent. All errors we make are not always intended. All errors are not always a personal attack on someone, are not egregious, causing an employee to be fired. Some people play the victim to get publicity for everyone who will hear their slanted version of the facts while playing a victim. Meanwhile, Coleman said he will not tolerate the signs being illegal removed from private property by town employees or make anyone else. Coleman said, make no mistakes. My signs will have trackers. And if anyone else steals our signs, I will prosecute. At some point, you have to say enough is enough. He added, there's a lot of money invested in these campaigns. It's not just about the candidate. It's about everyone who has invested in the campaign. So we kick off our talk tonight with some politics and some uh campaigning in an upcoming election. Well, we're going to continue the political talk right after on the other side of the break. We've got Senator Vicki Sawyer. You're listening to the News Drive at five. I'm Patrick Reynolds. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. I am Patrick Reynolds. We are still trying to connect with Senator Vicki Sawyer. We hope to uh, talk with her soon, have her on the line. Producer Joe is hard at work on that, so if any of the audience out there... If you want to send Vicki Sawyer a text, please do. Uh, So we are expecting to talk with her during the news drive at 5. She just has—we have not made that connection yet. So we will continue with today's headlines right after a reminder about our ticket giveaway to the Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show. January 26th, 7th, and 8th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. And Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23, 24, 25, at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. We will give, be giving away four tickets, to two to each show, uh, coming up at the 5.45 segment of the News Drive at 5.00 right there. If you're on our video feed on Facebook, X, LinkedIn, or YouTube, you got a good look at the tickets right here. We've got four of them just waiting for you. There'll also be four more on the scoreboard tonight. Joe Berg will give those away. And weekdays right here in WSIC, the Good Morning LKN at 7 a.m. has your tickets. Home Ad at 9 a.m. has your tickets right here. The News Drive at 5 will have your tickets. And the scoreboard, 6 p.m. So each weekday next week and in the weeks ahead, Leading up to the show is later January and February. Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show and Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. We will be giving away four tickets, so keep your eyes on your phone. Get ready to dial in later on on the News Drive at 5. Moving on with the headlines, a Davidson man faces a felony charge in connection with the maltreatment of his wife. Aradol County Sheriff Darren Campbell announced the arrest of Grover Cleveland the III on Wednesday, Deputy Zalepa. And Sergeant B. Owens, who are assigned to the Iredell County Sheriff's Office Community Oriented Policing Unit, responded to 18, excuse me, 1661 Mecklenburg Highway in reference to a report of a domestic assault. Through additional investigation and interviews, the deputy determined that Meetsa had tied his wife to a bed with duct tape on several different occasions. Deputy Zalepka arrested Mietza at the scene. The suspect was transported to the Aradale County Detention Center where he was charged with felony neglect of a disabled or elderly person with injury, misdemeanor false imprisonment, and misdemeanor domestic violence. Mietza appeared before Magistrate M. Russell, who ordered him jailed without bond due to the incident involving domestic violence. And we have a caller on the line. I am Oh, I got thumbs up. So I'm going to say that would be our Senator Sawyer with us.
2: Hi, Patrick. I'm so sorry for the delay. Oh. I, um, I got caught in prom dress shopping mania it is not my favorite place to be so
1: please forgive me for calling in late no problem whatsoever i am a uh girl dad myself and know of what you speak so it's fine uh with with this uh this going on swirling around you do you have time for us for a few minutes here t- uh, this afternoon
2: yeah, happy to be here. And again, forgive my
1: lateness of my phone call. No problem whatsoever. We welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for being with us. To those in the audience, this is uh, well. the member of the North Carolina Senate, representing the 32nd District, including Iredell County and Mecklenburg County's Senator Vicki Sawyer. So busy, so responsible, a little tardy, totally forgiven. Welcome to the <laughs> News Drive at 5. It's wonderful to have you with us.
2: I'm so thankful to be here. I appreciate
1: that. (laughs) Also, the host of We're Just Saying, every Friday is at 11 a.m. right here on the WSIC channels. And I... Listened to your show earlier today, and I thought you had a very interesting conversation. I'd like to touch on a few topics of that, of rising costs of insurance around the area, both property and it seemed like health insurance as well. You had some pretty good guests on. It looked like uh, uh, Todd Johnson, Joe Stewart, Andrew Marcus all joined you this morning. From your opinion, the economy and whatnot, why are we seeing this rising cost in insurance right now?
2: Yeah, thank you for that. And please, I hope listeners do not turn off. We're talking about insurance and, God forbid, (laughs) cost of insurance. Like, how boring. Don't turn off. Uh, No, we are experiencing what insurance insiders call a hard market, which means that the money, quite frankly, for insurance carriers is hard to get. Insurance companies, remember, they make money, but not necessarily off writing insurance, They make money off other people's money, and so when the market is in flux, when the bond market is down, when uh, international money is hard to find, then they will tighten up and charge more premium. But for example, the for my example, my agency, and for every dollar that we collected in insurance premium, the company paid out about a dollar twenty-two. So a dollar twenty-two. Um, In claims this year And what that is Is that that's a loss That's a net loss for that insurance carrier So they're going to try to figure out How to break even or make money Because they are quite frankly a business Mm
1: -hmm.
2: The same thing that hits you and me Every day when we have to pay For a lunch Which is called inflation Is hitting insurance companies Supply chain problems also hit insurance companies so they have to charge enough premium in order to cover the cost. And that's why we're all facing these insurance rate increases.
1: Is there anything we as consumers or even voters can do about this? Is there any action on our part?
2: Yeah, so definitely the most least fun... and. Uh, Instead of listening to insurance conversation on the radio, is also calling your insurance agent, and that's what you really need to do. You call your current insurance agent and see if there's anything that you can do to save money in your current plan. Also, if you have your auto insurance with one company and your home insurance with another, you need to combine those. There's a multi-policy discount, and it really does save you money to have everything in one bundle to make sure you do that. And third, if that doesn't save the money that you need, then you do need to shop your insurance with other companies. So there is a um, different companies have different appetites for insurance each and every year, and you don't know that the company that you're with has the same appetite as they used to. So you definitely, at least every once every three years, you do need to look at other carriers and shop your policies.
1: Well, I appreciate you coming on the News Drive at 5 this afternoon after your show earlier today, putting in a little overtime on a Friday night with us. I want to talk to our audience about folks that may not be familiar with actually who you represent, where you are. The 37th district includes all of Iredell County and a portion of Mecklenburg County. Do I have that correct?
2: You do have that correct. So currently I represent Cornelius and a couple precincts in Huntersville. I'm on the ballot for next year, and that will be uh, Cornelius and the town of Davidson. So it changes a little bit each time, but um, definitely North Mech.
1: And when is your election cycle? When is your next campaign in, in election?
2: Every two years, just like congressmen and women, every two years. So uh, if you pull a Republican ballot in that district this time around, I won't be there. I don't have a primary opponent. But I do have a, a general opponent in the fall, and I would appreciate
1: anyone's support. Okay, so we look for you on the on the ballot in the fall of 2024. This yes, is sir. your cycle this year. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk yeah. to you a little bit and give you some props as well. Uh, earlier this week, we had a nice news story here and a headline. You won the Defender of Public Safety Award from the North Carolina Sheriff's Office out in Raleigh. Tell us in our audience yeah. about that.
2: Yeah, so uh, the Sheriff's Association is a group of all sheriffs of 100 counties, and they select certain uh, legislators who worked with them hand-in-hand over the past legislative cycle, and I was fortunate enough to get recognition for working. We have a phenomenal sheriff in Iredell County, Sheriff Darren Campbell, Mm. and he and I have a great working relationship. So when I have a question about legislation in Raleigh, I pick up the phone and quite simply tell them what would we Darren, do and 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 we just work together and uh, i think that relationship is uh continuing to get stronger and we continue to work uh towards a better crime um you know statistics and a safer place to live work and play here in iredale
1: north Bank. and uh mecklenburg county sheriff mcfadden uh, is that a new relationship or a, a longstanding one like sheriff campbell
2: Yeah, you know, I haven't actually met um, McFadden until, uh, right, yeah. So the only time I've actually seen him in person is when he was uh, testifying in front of our committee telling us how terrible we were.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. And then you got an award. Was there a little bit of satisfaction
2: (laughs) in all of that? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's just that you have a hundred sheriffs in that association, so uh, I'm sure they all vote and choose on a few things, and um, I'm I'm sure Sheriff McFadden does a great job. I just have not mm. um, I had a personal relationship with him or contact with him in any way, um, but the door is always open for that communication.
1: Well, you're here in our listening area around uh, Mooresville, Davidson, Cornelius as well. You were born and grew up in this area, but you split your time up in Raleigh serving the community. As you just talked about uh, prom dresses, business, whatnot, how do you balance the time?
2: Uh, very terribly.
1: <laughs> okay, so you're you're a real person, just like the rest of us.
2: Exactly. I would like to tell you I have the secret sauce, but I don't. I wake up every morning praying for perfection, and I go to bed at night praying for forgiveness. And so I just try to do the best I can with the time I have. And um, But I'm just grateful to be able to represent folks in uh, Raleigh folks from home in raleigh um and thank you so much for the opportunity for that for those of you out there who voted for me
1: well thank you for the opportunity to speak with us on the news drive at five i appreciate a few minutes of your time as you know we're coming up on a break here in a few seconds yes, vicki sawyer thank you so much for the phone call and i would love to have you back on again
2: yes sir thank you for the opportunity
1: thanks vicki news drive at five rolls on i'm patrick reynolds we will talk to you right after this Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. I'm Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Friday, February 12, 2024. Good to have all of you with us. 844-STUDIO-4 gets you on the air. 844-788-3464 That's 844- 788-3464 We'd love to talk to you. I want to extend our thanks to Senator Vicki Sawyer who joined us in the last segment. Uh, a little bit late connecting with her so that was a little bit abbreviated. We certainly want to talk to her about some more topics and she is a big part of this community and part of the WSIC family so We will get her back on the show in an upcoming one here in the coming weeks. We'd love to talk to her kind of regularly, as well as other folks as well. Going to have more guest spots here on the News Drive at 5. Keep you informed of the headlines and talk to newsmakers of the day. Once again, we're giving away tickets to the Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show, January 26th, 7th, and 8th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. And the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, uh, February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. After 545, call in. And these four tickets that I'm holding up right now will be yours. Those on the video feed, you can see right there. These four tickets, two to each show, will get you in. Be a great way to spend the day. Thank you to Sarah from Statesville that won yesterday. We're going to have a new winner here in just a little bit. Moving on with today's headlines. The timeline for selling financially troubled Northlake Mall remains uncertain, but business at the North Charlotte Shopping Center is improving. Lawyers working to sell the site told a judge. It's been nearly three years since the two-story, 1.1 million square foot mall fell into receivership after failing to pay its debt spinozo real estate group of syracuse new york maintains and operates the mall and collects rent last year the mall was confronted by high-profile problems from shootings to the exit of big retailers such as apple the mall sued some tenants that left like american eagle which is close to settling the case according to spinozo's lawyers Citing business rates, Spinoza attorney Melanie Johnson-Rawback told North Carolina Business Court Superior Judge Adam Conrad that Northlake Mall is on a, quote, positive trajectory. As of December 31st, Northlake's occupancy held steady at 85 percent, including temporary leases. That's just below the National Mall occupancy average of 89 percent, according to Moody's analytics data from last year. Still, Northlake has been seen year-to-year, year-to-year improvement. It was at 71% occupancy at the end of 2021 when Spinoza took over managing the mall, Ryback said, and 74% at the end of 2022. Said Chris Fernandez, K&L Gates lawyer representing Plaintiff Wilmington Trust National Association, quote, what we're seeing with increased occupancy, with increased jobs, and keeping this mall functioning is exactly where we want to see. The next step, Robach said, is to sell the mall. However, not now is not the time. There is an ongoing evaluation of all the factors, she said. It is Spinoza's opinion that this moment is not the time yet for Northlake. Now, Some retail experts are skeptical, skeptical about the mall's future, saying the shopping center is in a, quote, death spiral. It's going to be extremely difficult for Northlake to come out of this, said Queen's University of Charlotte marketing professor Stephen Cox. Now is it do or die time for Northlake Mall after it sued stores that left following the shootings? Well, the lender is relying on Spinozo's expertise to time the market sales to get the best value. November 2019, the Northlake Mall, affiliated with Starwood Capital Group, which purchased the mall seven years ago, defaulted on its property loan and failed to make debt payments. Three other malls owned by Starwood in Florida, Michigan, and Virginia combined with Northlake were issued loans for $725 million in the fall of 2014. Spinoza Lawyers said Thursday that one of those malls has been sold and the other three, one of which includes Northlake, will likely be sold individually rather than being listed on the market at the same time. There hasn't been a decision on what property is next, Fernandez says. However, if a buyer wanted a batch sale and economics were favorable, it would be considered. Back in August of 21, just three months after Spinoza was named a receiver, court records showed the mall was expected to be sold after its value had been stabilized. However, at the last status conference in June, Spinoza officials asked the court for up to nine months to stabilize the property and promote the mall's increased security measures following three shooting incidents followed by several store closings. Now, During the pandemic, Northlake Mall also faced obstacles, including security issues and store closings. Between December of 22 and February of 23, Northlake saw three shootings in less than three months— alarming shoppers and store employees and owners. The high-profile Apple Store abruptly closed March the 1st, followed by several other retailers, including Buckle and American Eagle. The mall added five measures to its security program, including gun-sniffing dogs and license plate readers. All of those measures have been installed, Roback said Thursday. The general feedback from tenants has been good, she said. Now last summer, Northlake Mall sued national apparel chain American Eagle in federal court claiming the departure led to fewer shoppers, more stores leaving, and a decrease in the mall's value. The mall also is suing four other national retailers, Chico's, Michael Kors, Soma, and White House Black House, claiming they still owe rent in Mecklenburg County Superior Court. American Eagle countersued Northlake, citing safety concerns and calling the mall a hotbed for crime. Spinoza and American Eagle are close to settling the case, Roback said. In other news, Senior Resident Superior Court Judge Joseph Crosswhite has selected Statesville Attorney Seth Johnson to serve as the Chief Public Defender for this 32nd Judicial District. Crosswhite said he's a strong leader. He's an expert lawyer. He's exactly what we need in this position. The judge's appointment followed the recommendation of the Bar Association for Iredell and Alexander Counties, which met in December and considered five nominees. I am honored to have received the support and encouragement of My peers in seeking this position, I have always been primarily a defense lawyer, Johnson said. Now A native of Iredell County, Johnson graduated from South Aradale High School and Appalachian State University. He earned his law degree at North Carolina Central University School of Law. His legal practice focused on criminal defense, workers' compensation, and civil litigation. In Mooresville, a groundbreaking moment unfolded as a Mooresville company last month as Epoch Enviro unveiled the first ever Surface Active Foam Fractionization, S-A-F-F, which is a unit produced in the United States. This innovative technology recognized with awards promises to revolutionize water treatment by targeting a critical environmental issue, PFAS contamination. PFAS, or polyfluoroalkyl substances, have emerged as a significant water safety concern. concern. They are often called forever chemicals for their durability and resilience. With well, a commitment to addressing this challenge head-on, Epoch Environmental Vice President for North America, Sean Melrose, expressed pride in the company's efforts to craft a sustainable solution for the U.S. market. The seven-month journey involved assembling a skilled team, establishing efficient manufacturing processes, and partners with local distributors, Alonia, to ensure the quality of the U.S.-built SAFF unit machines with their Australian counterparts. The technology utilizes surface active phone fractionization harnesses the power of rising air bubbles to eliminate more than 99% of harmful contaminants from various water sources. Notably, the groundbreaking process has already made a global impact, remediating PFAS at more than eight locations across the country, 26 locations worldwide, and treating more than 170 million gallons of impacted water. Recapping another story, a Davidson man faces a felony charge in connection with the maltreatment of his wife. Arbidale County Sheriff Darren Campbell announced the arrest of Grover Cleveland Meatsa III. We'll have details of that after the break. You are listening to the News Drive at 5. I am Patrick Reynolds. We'll be giving away some home show tickets right after. Phone lines will be cleared. We'll open them up to you. The tickets will be yours. Your headlines roll on. News Drive at 5. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. I am Patrick Reynolds, riding with you, taking you home on this Friday afternoon. Tickets are now up for grabs. Home show tickets. We've got four tickets, two to each show. We've got two for the greater... Charlotte Holman Landscape show that is dis- or January 26th, 27th, and 28th. We've got two more for Charlotte Holman Remodeling show February 23rd, 24th, 25th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. So two in January in Concord, two in February in Charlotte. All four are yours right now. Call in 844-STUDIO-4, 844-STUDIO-4, numerically 844-788-3464, 844-788-3464. All four tickets are yours. Call in to claim your prize. Always wanted to say that. Following up on some other stories and headlines here on the News Drive at 5. Well, we talked about the troubled North Lake Mall. And uh, we want to talk about the news in Troutman, a little closer to our home here in our Statesville studios. Recapping the top story tonight that we led with, Richard Coleman is running for a seat in the Aradale County Board of Commissioners. He is campaigning against six other Republicans in the March 6th primary election, which he finds challenging enough. But he doesn't believe he should have to deal with a town of Troutman employee removing his campaign signs from private property and discarding them. A security video obtained of the candidate shows Shane Harris, the town's code enforcement officer, taking Coleman's campaign signs from outside of a gas station on Highway 21. When Coleman questioned Harris about his actions, the code enforcement officer told him that he was not the only time he had done so. Coleman said he had a total of 67 of his signs were removed on four different dates from two locations in Troutman. Under North Carolina law, it is a Class 3 misdemeanor for a person to, quote, steal, deface, vandalize, or unlawfully remove a political sign that is lawfully placed. Coleman filed a report from the with the Troutman Police Department about the theft of the signs earlier this month. He told the officer that he did not want to press charges. The Troutman Police Department officer who took the report consulted with the district attorney's office about the case. Based on Coleman's request and the guidelines from the DA's office, the case was closed and classified as prosecution declined. Coleman said he decided not to prosecute because he didn't think the town's employee quote, was doing it on his own. Coleman says he believes the town manager, Ron Wyatt, knew the signs were being removed by a town employee or employees throughout the month of December and did nothing to prevent it. Each time after learning his signs were missing, Coleman said he contacted Wyatt to express his frustration about his signs being stolen. Each time, he said, Wyatt assured him town employees were not involved. Wyatt, a former chairman of the Iredell County Republican Party's executive committee denied that he or Harris had targeted Coleman. Wyatt said in a comment, removing illegal signs that have been trashing our community are one of the assigned duties of the town's code enforcement officer. The code enforcement officer picked Richard Coleman's political signs up as they were in the state right of way. The code enforcement officer failed to realize that they were still on private Property. The town manager explained that many candidates and campaign volunteers often assume they can place campaign signs in the state's right-of-way at any time. State law allows that practice only during the 30 days prior to an election. Wyatt said, quote, they are illegally doing so most of the time. The employee thought he was performing his duties appropriately until the error was discovered. Harris, the code enforcement officer, said he apologized when Coleman confronted him about the signs. Coleman isn't convinced the removal of the signs was an innocent mistake. He said, I can't believe a mistake was made. It's hard to believe it was made four times consistently. Coleman also cited the fact that the code enforcement officer did not remove the non-campaign signs that were placed alongside his campaign signs as evidence that he was intentionally targeted by the town. The candidate also finds it convenient that Wyatt located some of the missing signs on town property. About an hour after a business owner told Wyatt that signs had taken from his business owner's property were air tagged and that his security cameras had been repositioned to capture the thefts. Coleman also believes that the town of Troutman has an obligation to inform candidates if a town employee removes their signs. Wyatt said that is not the town's policy. He explained, as a practice, the code enforcement officer has not been calling any sign ordinance violators. Otherwise, that would consume an appreciable amount of time daily, telling the dozens of different violators. Coleman does not get any special treatment. Wyatt said the town of Troutman is willing to reimburse Coleman for the cost of up to a dozen signs that were improperly removed and discarded. The town manager saying the entire incident was a mistake and has been blown out of proportion. Senior Resident Superior Court Judge Joseph Crosswhite has selected Statesville Attorney Seth Johnson to serve as the Chief Public Defender for the 32nd Judicial District. Crosswhite said, quote, he's a strong leader, he's an expert lawyer, he's exactly what we need in this position. The judge's appointment followed the recommendation of the Bar Association for Aradel and Alexandra counties, which met in December and considered five nominees. I am honored to have received the support and encouragement of my peers in seeking this position. I have always been primarily a defense lawyer. Johnson will wrap up his private practice before transitioning to his new position. He is optimistic about the impact of the public defender's office will have on the local judicial system. Johnson said, quote, the biggest improvement I see is that the office will improve efficiency in the court system. Under the private assigned counsel model that we currently use, cases are assigned to private attorneys who accept appointment as a part of their overall practice. In addition to representing clients, they run and manage a business, including advertising, budget." budgeting, technology, payroll, etc., and often represent clients in other areas of law. He added, quote, public defenders will have one task, representing clients and criminals in juvenile court. This will naturally lead to cases getting resolved much more efficiently efficiently excuse me and now with a few minutes left until we approach the top of the hour 6 p.m eastern time we are looking forward to the next show here on the wsic family of channels the scoreboard with joe berg who i am looking right at now he's he's the excellent audio engineer he pushes the buttons and move the dials that brings this show to life I don't know what I'm doing on that side of the board. I'm not sure if I know what I'm doing on this side of the board on the bike, but hey, at least my sound comes out the car radios.
0: (laughs) I think one day we should sit you behind this board and see what you got. Ooh, that would be bad. Oh, you know? it'd, be, it'd make for good radio, though.
1: I don't know if it would. It oh. might make for very bad radio. <laughs> the, uh, I, as we've talked about before, I told someone I can't sing. They said, no, you can sing. You can just sing poorly. <laughs> I think my singing would be superior to my board running technique oh, right now. I'm pretty well, bad. You never
0: know until you try, right?
1: <laughs> what, uh, what's coming up on the scoreboard tonight? What do we
0: got? Big well, weekend. we got we do have a big weekend. Super wild card weekend, mm. as it's been dubbed in the NFL. Don't know why they have to make it this big grand thing. It's wild card weekend. It right, always has been. So we got uh, two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then I guess the part that makes it super is the one game coming up on Monday night. Um, and I tell you what, there's some really good games out there. There's going to be a really interesting weekend.
1: Now I've seen, like, uh, gosh, the past the wild cards mm-hmm. uh they've expanded them so there's like we used to have two on Saturday two on Sunday now we got N-
0: then we had six? two on Saturday three on Sunday, Sunday and, then, right. and now we have what is I guess the well it used to be that and then it keeps expanding but now we have seven total uh it's seven I believe teams in the playoffs in each conference you have your three division win or four division winners and three wild card teams now it was one then it was two now it's three so that's what makes it i guess the super is the extra team
1: we got extra teams okay so i don't know like puffing up the playoffs really they're trying I i
0: don't know they don't need to do that that's the thing it's the nfl they dominate the news cycle
1: yeah, so well, like everybody else, they're trying to flex their muscles and whatnot. Exactly. So, will you be glued to your TV this weekend? Probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you'll give us a, uh, you'll give us a, a big preview on the scoreboard coming up in just a yes, few moments Yes, we're going to spend, WSIC.
0: we're going to spend quite a bit of time on the NFL today talking about those games. We have a couple of possible snow games too, which is yeah. always. Interesting those are fun. Fun. Yes. those are fun. Yeah, uh, those are fun. We also have another piece of information that came out today out of NASCAR uh, Netflix is going to be a docu-series on NASCAR Kind of like if you're familiar with formula one and drive to survive Drive to survive was great that. series yeah. I've been at ad- I've been saying NASCAR has to yes. do something like this Dale jr. One of the executive producers of it. I don't see how it fails.
1: Okay, I like well a lot of things. Junior touches. He's kind of like Midas. is pretty much pretty much he's, gold and salt, rock solid.
0: He's been really good with media, and he honestly, the, the more I see what he does, he might single handedly save NASCAR from becoming a forgotten sport.
1: I don't know about forgotten, but yeah, it's. Uh, I remember it's glory days, which these certainly are not. Mm-hmm. However, I've got a lot of ideas in my head. We could do a whole show on how to... <laughs> I, I know I'm an old-time fan, and I don't have... Uh, I have far less interest now, and I can list the reasons why. If yeah. you change this... It's really simple. Here's my reasons. I would come back if these things
0: were changed
1: now. If and I'm they sure one of them, it,
0: them is playoffs. I hate them. <laughs> and I've been saying, you know, if you're gonna go back to something, maybe don't go all the way back to the Winston Cup format. Let's meet in the middle. Let's get back to the 10 driver chase format because that one was actually pretty good no (laughs) no i will
1: die on this hill fighting you with that i think we got a show right there we might (laughs) we might on a slow news day (laughs) that might be it we might be able to do it you have been listening to the news drive at five i'm patrick reynolds thank you for spending your afternoon with us we will talk to you on monday have a good weekend everybody